episode 13. It's the one where every coach gets fired. Unlucky come, 13. Come back from the confidence boost that was the Texas Tech game, even though it didn't start off like that. We will dive into everything that happened, everything that looked good, everyone who looked bad, and the ramifications that came afterwards and the ramifications for everything that's happened so far this season. But first, we're going to change it up a little bit. We don't, since we're not playing anyone, we don't know who we're playing for the bowl game yet. We can't really do the beer of the week. We are going to do an episode after said bowl game. We'll get into that later. But since we don't know who we're playing, we're both going to talk about a beer that we have been drinking lately that we have liked and grown to like. John, what is your... No, you go ahead. Go ahead. What? Keep going. Dude, come on. You always are. All right, fine. Mine, if you're ever in Dallas, you're in, even in Fort Worth, if you're in the DFW area, keep an eye out for the Manhattan Project Brewery. Uh, they have put together some really good stuff. They have the IPA called the Half-Life IPA, which is really, really good. They've also got uh, a Pilsner called the Necessary Evil Pilsner that is absolutely awesome. Um, it's probably my favorite beer going right now, uh, especially in the DFW area. I mean, pretty much in Texas. It's really, really good. If I think they're about to open the brewery room what you going tap room um don't quote me on that if ask ryan petty he knows he's actually got to be friends with the guy but manhattan project if you see him they got really cool cans um they kind of got this like lining around the can that makes them look pretty slick uh if you're in the okay and uh that's houston or that's uh stewart's beer review it's a good beer review (laughs) we're gonna talk about beer the whole time that's half the name of the podcast. So. so, so I'm actually instead of doing a Houston beer, since we've done like Ooh. three of the main Houston breweries this year, there's no point doing another one. I'm actually going to get creative and go to Orlando, which is Whoa. a likely That's conjecturing, yeah, a likely spot for any loyal UT fans that may be going there on December 28th. Good for you if you're going, by the way. Um, I'm going to go to the Dead Lizard Brewery. It's in the middle of downtown. Um, one goes, it's on um, 36th Street. Dude. And my beer of the week is going to be the Bourbon Nut Brown. Mm. Hmm. That sounds... Uh, All bourbon, you're nut. Okay, getting into the tech game. Oh, um, a different side note. Um, instead of jumping right into football... Shout out to John Woldridge Jr. for sending me a picture of his little Spotify thing on Instagram. Oh, yes. been doing today. And he's one of his top things was beers and steers. So shout out to him for being a loyal listener. Shout out to Clint Goldman for the exact same thing. That was actually pretty sweet to see that. So I looked at that and I was on the way home and I was like, what, what is everyone posting? Is that just like everyone's like Spotify? Yeah. Basically, like, if you have an Instagram, they all of a sudden think, that Spotify sends you, yeah, you're like end of the year stats basically. And right. everyone on Instagram thinks that everyone else wants to see this, which is, you know, pretty dumb, but whatever. That's uh, just our, our generation. Gotta love it. Yeah, seriously. But uh, yeah, it's if you do have that, please send it to us um, or sc- screenshot and text it or DM it to the Instagram and we'll definitely repost that because that is very cool. Uh, we always love the loyal listener shout outs and everything. So that's like a much cooler, like, you remember like when we were kids and iTunes had the top 25 most played and everyone yeah. would like intentionally play certain songs at the top of the list. Yes. I wonder if this is like a much more modern, cool, like way of doing it. Yeah, I know. I wonder how, I wonder if there's a stat for like most podcasts, like our podcasts that 
actually listened to at least 90% of the episode, hmm. I I don't think we'd be very high there. But you never know. We've got a strong but loyal uh, fan base. Okay, let's how go. Was, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Let's, let's Thanksgiving talk about was great. It was pretty good weather. Um, went hunting, shot a big pig. Followed blood trail about 30 yards. Didn't want to go in the brush because I didn't want to die. Um, it was good. Ate a lot of food. Weighed 10 pounds heavier than I did after or before I left for Thanksgiving. So pretty solid. How about you? Wow. Sounds like a wonderful weekend. It was great. Yeah. Pretty similar. Um, except for I didn't shoot a pig. And yeah, ate a lot and hung out. And a lot of good games, man. That was the fun mm-hmm. days of, of really entertaining football. Even yeah. though Saturday, I would say like the Auburn Alabama game was truly oh. the only like intense game. But, but it, just, it, it good kind of high, made up for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just high quality football all the way around. It was really fun to watch. Yeah, even the no, Michigan Ohio State game, even though it wasn't close, it was entertaining. Um, yeah. UVA Virginia Tech. That, that was, was a, that was a really good game. That was a very underrated game. So I mean, it was just all around a, our game. Those Friday games just suck, though. Like, yeah. They need to get rid of that. Just do a full slate Saturday. Why would you not? Yeah. yeah, either play Thursday or you play Saturday. Don't play Friday. I, I know the Big 12 has got that weird rule that one every team has to play at least one non-Saturday game. Um, like, OU got real lucky this year. and At the beginning of the season, they played on Sunday. Uh, and so that technically, you know, whatever, fulfilled. I thought we played on a Thursday this year. Do we not? Nope. No, we did not. Did wow. Not. Yeah. So I don't know. I I hate just hate the Black Friday games, even like that TCU game. That TCU game was really ugly. The TCU lost as a two touchdown favorite against West Virginia. In case nobody saw that, but I yeah I don't know. I don't like the Friday. Friday I was to go to a bowl game too. Is pretty funny. Oh yeah, that I mean you just really, things you hate to see. That okay. Let's get into yeah. the tech game. Uh, what what did we guess the attendance was? Thirty five thousand. I so I was pleasantly surprised by the pictures that were sent to us. Like. Mm. I honestly no. I thought it was going to be a lot worse. It, really? it, it was oh, I thought it was going to be so empty. I mean, like embarrassingly empty. It wasn't. It wasn't bad. And actually, there were multiple times where I, you know, I was like, wow, the crowd's actually into it. So I, I, I was not as disappointed as I really expected to be. I, the we'll get into the first quarter and how bad that was. But there was like towards the end of the first quarter or you know whatever they went up fourteen nothing. Like you could tell how empty it was just on how loud people were cheering when tech did something good. Yeah. That you was the tech band. Yeah. That was pretty ugly. I, we kind of got aided by the, by the weather because you could tell Fox wasn't doing like the panoramic, like, yep. you know, stadium shots because yep. every time they did, it was just like water droplets on the camera. Well, also so it was like a really do. ominous, like gray cloud just right. beyond the south end zone. Yes. And they, and they couldn't do, they couldn't do like the cool, like crowd shots, um, which really helped that, you know, on the B roll when they show the ads coming out of break or whatever. Ever. yeah um, so that really helped the kind of optics of how bad the attendance was um but it i don't know what it is the bad weather and the tech games the day or you know whatever the last game of the season day after thanksgiving that's what like two years two times in a row three times in a row oh no we played them on thanksgiving once or twice after AM. but yeah i agree it's it's not a draw for anyone to drive like, if you live in austin it's a draw but why would anyone drive from Dallas or Houston or wherever else everyone else drives from? Poor Worth, sorry. Um, yeah, why would you ever like wake up early the morning after Thanksgiving and go up to Austin for that? I just there's no draw to it. No. Um, if it was a better game in terms of us being a higher ranked, I think the attendance would be better. But there really is no appeal, and it goes back to like the more overarching issue with uh, attendance at DKR is that 
you don't have a good conference home game at all. You just don't. So you're forced to play a really good non-conference game at home, which is usually the most valuable ticket of the year. Um, so, you know, it kind of concerns me about the south end zone expansion is how do you expect to fill those seats? But winning will, will cure that. So winning, and winning is what winning is what we did the day after Thanksgiving. So let's get into that. No stupid headbutting to start off. I think he learned his lesson there. Um, regardless, we still came out just as slow, if not slower, actually. I was really close to live betting tech. When they went up 14 nothing. I was like, I looked, I think it was like Texas – or sorry, Tech was like a basically like minus one or minus yeah. two for the game. I was so close to just hammering that. I mean, like it was. I, ugh. I knew our offense was going to wake up, but I didn't think our defense yes. was going to ever be able to stop them. So like, okay, this fourteen zero deficit is going to be the difference in the game, and then it turned out that Jet Dudley just forgot how to play football. So okay, I was thinking about this at the same time, kind of also towards the end of the game, but when they were really down fourteen nothing, is this the worst senior class you know that has seen the most shit or no we said this like i know okay was it the the mac to charlie transition yeah it was the mac to charlie transition because this class still did get a sugar bowl but if you turn to in terms of like expectations and you know plus minus you know what the expectations were and what they ended up being yeah i don't know i think there's an argument there because what vegas had us as a nine point win or nine win season you know nine and a half win probably you know basically playing in the big 12 championship and that didn't happen by two and a half games so i don't know because like the charlie years no one was expecting you know a nine win season essentially so I I would say the group that was seniors, Tom's first year, because they went to the Houston Bowl their senior year, and then the previous two years they did not go to a bowl. Yeah. And in their freshman year they got their ass kicked by Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this year's senior class, the class that just graduated, recruiting class, God, here's here's let's just go from the top bottom of when they came out of high school, Devin Duvernay. That Which turned out technically a transfer. Asterisk, yeah, because of the Baylor stuff. B. Jones, which you know he he kind of he was he was always the rock of that recruiting class. Decent, yeah, decent class. I mean, I hope he gets to go like be on a practice squad somewhere. Yeah. He was a five star coming on Nacogdoches. Yeah. Okay, Patrick Hudson never played, got hurt. Uh, the Shark, really never nothing. Eric Fowler. He was a four-star. Eric Fowler, that linebacker who like took Trans- forever to make a decision, never played, sucked. Gene DeLance went to Florida. Jordan Elliott played one game and went to U of H. Shane Bouchel, we all know what he did. Chris Daniels left. Colin Johnson, okay. So we've got three guys so far in this class. We've got B. Jones, Devin Duvernay, and CJ. I'm not Duvernay. counting Duvernay, honestly. Okay. Fitzgerald, never played. J.P. Urquidez, never played. Kyle Porter, left. Denzel Okafor isn't good. Eh. Eric Cuffey left. DeAndre Christmas Childs never played. Marcel Southall never played. Reggie Hempel Maps left. Oh, LJH. That was a good one. Yeah. And then Chris Brown. Oh, and Malcolm Roach. There you go. Okay. Well, you can't just say, oh, and then Malcolm Roach. I mean, he was by far, because he was maybe a three, four star, maybe a three. This was on- Seventh national rank class. I mean, I'm obviously skipping the last six people. Right, right, right. But this still. includes 
includes Zach Shackelford. So I, my apologies on that. But uh, the seventh national ranked team, or sorry, class that went to no bowl. Sorry, we went no bowl, Houston bowl, Sugar Bowl, and the whatever bowl we're going to have this year. So that's not terrible, but. I don't know. I still think there's an argument to made in terms of expectations and living up to what they could have done as a whole team, not, you know, basically as a, yeah, with the team around them, but the class. I think there's an argument to be made that this is one of the more disappointing classes with the talent that they had surrounding, you know, on both sides of their class. I don't know. Yeah. It's That's just – it's a very subjective argument that you could talk about. The um, scary thing is, is that the class behind them is technically less deep. I mean, we got no talent other than like right. – other than let's just say Sam Ellinger and Derek Kurtzetter. Yeah, that's true. That God, that is really scary. And those are the guys who are hopefully going to be leading us next year. Um, all right, oh, let's yeah. let's get into the actual game. Let's start with the offense. First drive looked awful after he uh, took that big sack. Or sorry, yeah, took that big sack and it wasn't looking good. Second yep. drive drove down the field a little bit and then called yep. a QB sneak, which we yep. never called ever i th- i think that was sam actually because if you look back he does it really quick to the line i think he was just going sneak 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 yeah I, he, not he, he, obviously he's not saying the word sneak he's saying the whatever the play call is for sneak but still i thought we were completely dead at the water i had to yell at my mom because she said i don't think texas is gonna win this game and i <laughs> had to yell at her and i felt bad afterwards but i was right sorry mom then the third drive, Epps has that catch, and it's finally like, okay, everyone – I don't know. That catch just completely ex- exhaled all – That was like the biggest – I think biggest play of the game. I did too, which is crazy. Yeah. They did that much momentum because the rest of it was history. After that – Yeah, no, I, it really – like because there was a lot of pressure on us. We would have been pinned back. Probably would have gone down 21-0. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was an unbelievable catch. I'll give him that. And a great throw and triple coverage pretty much. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give Herman and – Surprisingly, Tim Beck some credit, whoever was calling that game. Because they did call a pretty good game after that. They got bailed out on some really good catches. And obviously some poor tackling by, by Tech where they're missing that stud middle linebacker, Jordan Brooks, um, who I think is leading the Big 12 in tackles, even though he's been hurt for two weeks. Uh, but still, they, they called a pretty solid game. Um, Sam individually had a great day throwing the ball, especially in bad conditions. Uh, that touchdown to Duvernay was a really good ball. Yeah. Great route by Duvernay. Duvernay put his head up right at the perfect moment. Sam put the ball just a little bit, you know, in the air where Duvernay could kind of rearrange his route to go get it. But what a catch, though! It. it was like fingertip almost. Yeah, I know it was. It was close, not to be in, you know, a walk-in touchdown, but still. Um, he also Sam also ran the ball really well. He had over 80 yards, even with the one sack negating some of those. I think it was like a three-yard sack. So. Still, great day running the ball. Ran the lead draw effectively. Even did a little RPO off of it. There was that one lead draw where oh, yeah. literally yeah. all three, Shackelford, Angleau, and Kersetter, yep. were all in front of him. And you could tell that none of them thought that Sam was, like, that far open, you know. And they kind of – all three kind of turned and looked and saw that he was there with no one about to tackle him. They're like, oh, shit. And I, it only picked up, like, 15 yards, but you would have thought – you could pause the screen basically on the TV and be like, okay, that's a touchdown. Um, yeah, no, it was like really, really good patience by Sam because he could have just jumped out in front of him for sure. Yeah, he ran the ball very patient. That's probably the best way to put it. And he picked up a lot of good yards. I think it was on that third drive. There was 
three runs over 10 yards each. Um, they kind of went hurry up to put them into the end zone. And the last run was like a 10 yard run by Sam. So, yeah, and it was like Tech's defense could not respond at all. They, they just once we went to that hurry up offense and we were able to get Sam out in some space, it was like game over. It just did. I mean, looking at the, uh, I mean, so you said what we punted and it was turnover on downs, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Or excuse me, touchdown, touchdown, punt, touchdown, touchdown, half, touchdown, touchdown, punt, punt, touchdown, punt. So yeah, it was that, that second quarter just blew the game out of the water. I yeah. feel like. No, that, I mean, 22 points, that two-point conversion was pretty incredible, too. I mean, yeah, it was, it, a, was, it was a good throw, but did he mean to make that good of a throw? <laughs> like, I don't think so. I don't I think know. so, either. It was yeah. kind of like, a, if I remember correctly, he was throwing off his back foot. And oh, just... yeah, no, there was a free – they blitzed six, and we only had five blocking, and they had a free runner, and he just completely chunked it in there. It was a really good ball. I'll give him that. But did he mean to throw that good of a ball? Yeah, I don't know. Who cares? He caught it. Um, then the comments after the game, we usually don't talk about this stuff, but I don't know. I, I wanted to talk about it just because it got completely blown out of proportion by the idiots of college football, which I think even more validated his point saying Rome wasn't built in three days. You know, if you would have taken three winning seasons in a row a couple of years ago, like every Texas fan would be happy. And he's right. Like we would be, you know, Texas is back and all that, whatever bullshit, but like it, I would still, if you would have told me three, four years ago, would you take three seasons in a row? I would 100% yes. He's not lying. And the Rome was built in three days, or not in a day thing. You know, yeah, I think he probably could have said it a little better. Do you think he'll ever say anything like that again? No. Do you think he'll ever say, we're back again? No. He's going to learn from it. And guess what? He's coming back next year, hopefully with a really good offense coordinator. Yeah, I mean, I... I don't think he should have said what he said again in this situation. I mean, just yeah, everyone knows what the expectation is for, for Texas, right? Three winning seasons shouldn't be the expectation. It should be three 10-win seasons. So, um, of course, I agree with you. I got blown out of proportion. But um, I think he's going to come back with a big chip on his shoulder next year. I agree. A much more experienced team that just this year I feel like was just – hanging on for dear life the whole season, if you want me to be honest. I don't know about hanging on for dear life. I think that might be a little extreme. I, if we lose this game, yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, they didn't live up to expectations. But, yeah, like you waste his junior season. You waste, you know, arguably what should be his second-best season. But if that's what it costs to get someone to really coach him up and knows what he's doing – do you take that? Do you trade that? I don't know. That's kind of the the situation that we're in. It's easy to say yes, but I, yeah. I, I don't know. That's kind of a cop-out answer. So let's jump over to Roshan. Man, that guy is unbelievable. He just runs so much harder. I know we've been saying this all year about how he falls forward and it's just gains those extra yards, but it's like he and Devin Duvernay, I mean, the Malcolm Epps play was obviously the game changer, but it felt like those were the only two guys who were actually awake and ready to play at the beginning of the game and, mm-hmm. like, carried – almost, like, gave the defense the confidence to go back out there and make a stop. You know, it was like, oh, yeah. those guys are playing for something. Like, right. let's go. Let's go, you know, help them out. Let's do it. And it was, it was huge uh, because Keontae was doing kind of Keontae things of getting, like, someone made eye contact with him and he fell over. <laughs> but 
Um, no, I agree with you. He was kind of, yeah, the motor behind the offense that, yeah, showed to the rest of the team. It's like, hey, we're not out of this. We can keep going. Um, I, I After Oklahoma State, I famously or infamously said that Roshan may be RB1. I think I might have been right with that. I don't know. That's yeah. tough. That it's Obviously, both are coming back next season, and I know Roshan said he wants to move back to the quarterback. Sorry, bud. You're not. But, like, if you had to pick going into the next season, who are you picking? You well, have to pick one. First of all, I mean, Jordan Whittington will be back next year, too. I know. John, you're ruining their experience. The question, I think, is was Keontae going to be healthy? Because right. you can That's tell the Keontae thing. Yeah. healthy. Did you, um, a fully healthy Keontae is way better than a, than a Roshan. But, if we have a fully healthy Keontae, a more, much, much more confident Keontae, a much bigger and stronger Keontae, I'll take him all day. Right. But having a backup as Roshan and then Jordan Winnington as another option, hell, I'm, I'm totally content with – and then possibly that five-star. So, I mean, I just – I'm not worried about the running back position. <laughs> the quarterback is no, really what we That's, worry about. We're, we're drunk on good running backs. We're lucky there. But I, I don't know. I, I Roshan had an unbelievable game. I'm so happy that he got three touchdowns because he earned each one of those. Um, even Tech pulled that – whatever that DB was – Trying to like twist his ankle right in front of the ref, right in front of the Texas bench, just so stupid. I don't know. That pissed me off. They didn't throw the flag on that, and he kind of he limped off. Of course, he came back, and I think he had two more touchdowns after that. But still, that was that was some horse shit. Uh, San yeah, they they so. wouldn't stop talking about the Saradra guy like playing yeah down a game too. I was like, what what's going on here? Why is this such a big deal? I mean, he obviously was like their workhorse. I saw. I think it was the the week before like he'd gotten like all 40 rush carries or something like that crazy but like yeah no Roshan played a much better game I mean we won't do as big of a O-line stroke off sesh but they played really well Cosme had a great game I saw that Cosme is leading the Big 12 in uh hurries allowed uh on pass drops which is awesome so well, they played. The, I would agree. The line had a good game, but it was a much more inferior. That that tech defense. Oh yeah, line, no, just, definitely. No, it was a confidence it, booster. When you're playing the second worst yeah. defense in the yeah. conference, it helps. Um, especially going into bowl season, when you have that many practices, all that stuff, you're a little looser. You're not clinching up as much. Looser. It's, it's great. Um, looser is that a word? What is looser a word? Yeah. What's the other? What what else? More loose. More loose. Looser. Sure. I don't know, dude. Duvernay. Duvernay had a really good game. Webb, check, text me if I'm right on that one. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Duvernay had a good game. <laughs> he It was his last game, and he deserved way more credit than he will ever get for this entire season. He should be a Blitnikoff finalist. He should probably win the Blitnikoff, but he won't even be there, which is so dumb. I want to see who's leading, how close he is to the. No, he's, uh, he's leading the nation in receptions. Yeah. No, I know. That's great and all, but I want to see. Uh, uh, what, are you, what are you looking at? Uh, receiving yards. Total yards? Yeah. He's up there. He's not up there with receptions or yards per reception, but. Wow. Um, total yards. He's there. Really good game. Number four. Total yards being uh, twelve ninety four. Um, he's only shoot. He's only two hundred yards behind the guy who's leading, which is the guy from Arkansas State. So yeah, I mean it's absolute theft that he 
was invited to the Blitnikoff finalists. It's that's crazy. that's that's unbelievable. There's something fishy about that. Nah, I agree. There's something going on. I don't know what it is, but anyways, he had an unbelievable game. 199 should have gotten 200. He had a one call back for a penalty. That sucks. Jake Smith also had a touchdown on a really good uh, corner route. Glad that he got some touches. And yeah, I agreed. I agreed. That that felt that felt good to see him score again. I don't know why. It, it was just something. I don't know, kind of going into the offseason, you needed a little bit booster for him, for a true freshman who might be kind of a head case a little bit. That's that's just a good feeling. Um, but overall, great effort by the offense. Even if they started off so bad, they finished so strong. Casey Thompson got some reps, th- ran the same five play in a row, and actually picked up some decent yards. He's kind of slippery as a runner. It was funny to watch. But over 600 yards total. After the Baylor output, that's got to feel a little bit better. Still got Beck demoted, which is incredible. Um, I, proud of the effort they showed. Not proud of the effort that they showed the entire season. But against Tech, it was solid. I, they didn't live up to their potential, but I'm still going to put a decent amount of that on their coaching. I think they were being put in worse spots than they could have been. I don't know. So, I would say just, in, I mean, going away from even the, the detailed stats of it all, just in general, the – like high level statement is that you scored 40 points again for the first time since Kansas. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that, that's, that's what like our expectation was after week four, right? It was like, okay, oh no, even West Virginia, we went up there and um, we took care of business up there and put plenty of points. We almost, we were just outscoring people except for LSU, but uh, it just was, it, offense was unbelievable. And then it was just something about OU that just completely threw our offense out of whack until Texas tech. And so that was, that was uh, definitely good to see, so. and it was good to see, I mean, like you've already mentioned with the wide receivers, multiple receivers getting, not only getting catches, but making important plays. Malcolm mm-hmm. Epps, uh, just, well, I just blanked on little guy, freshman. Jake Smith. Jake Smith. I was going to say Justin Smith. <laughs> um, like Justin, I was on Justin Long. I was on Justice Beaver. Anywho, um, but no, it was good to, I agree, it's, Beck being demoted is kind of kind of funny, and um, I think needed to happen, but we'll get to the whole coordinator conversation here and be able to focus on, on the team um, defense. Yeah, was, we'll, yeah, we'll get into the yeah. What did you see? Defensively? Was I, I think they were either drunk or high for the first <laughs> quarter of the game, or both, because they looked like they did not care. It was, but why? Like, that's been a consistent theme, like since Tom got uh, to to Austin, you know, like even last year, we always gave up a first quarter. First oh, drive. Yeah, yeah, that was your stat last year. So, what the what was it, the first drive? Touch was it a score or touchdown? I think it was a score, but a majority of them were touchdowns. So we went like what year, nine we, games we, in a row, right? It was, it was, I think it was every game, literally no. every single game. Every game? Yes, I Jeez. want to say it was. I'm not going to go look, but so, <laughs> that's just something that kind of was you know frustrating again throughout this year almost got even worse this year just in terms of how long it took us to wake up not only out of the first half but out of the second half as well or out of halftime yeah. uh, so but they ended up you know playing a really good game I, I hate to say this but i think a lot of it was just texas tech got tired i think so too i think they kind <laughs> yeah, of I think once they once the tide turned they're like, ah, screw it. Our season's over. It doesn't matter. Like, they kind of look like <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree with you. It's kind of weird how that works, like, but 
Tech had that one possession out of the half where they went down the field and then turned it over on downs. And after that, it was just kind of like, all right, I think this this game is over. The turnover like, oh. on downs was huge because that was against Kenyatta Watson broke up that pass. And he yeah, was a true Vashon, freshman playing in his fourth game, I believe. Yeah. Wait, what did you say? Sorry. I it was to, uh, throw was to Vasher, of course. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah right. Was... Exactly. I, no, that was a huge stop. I mean, and then the – yeah, started off with the three and out, or started with two touchdowns and then the nice three and out, and then the fourth down stop was just kind of one momentum and then a big momentum. Uh, was awesome for the defense to kind of get right back into it, and then only giving up 10 points in the second half was obviously huge, too. Fumble on each half, in each half. The one in the second half was way bigger than the first half. First half just kind of ran out the clock, but. I, I, I don't know. It was, yeah, it was a weird day. They definitely started off drunk or high or both. Um, and I'll give them some credit because they didn't give up like the offense. They're similar. They kind of saw what the offense was doing and went back off, you know, and was like, okay, if we see that how well they're playing, why can't we play this well? And came back out hot. Uh, individually, Malcolm Roach played absolutely unbelievable. Um, going out his last game, DKR, three solo tackles, two tackles for loss and a sack. Huge part of the momentum change in the second quarter. Him and Keandre were just destroying the Teco line. Uh, Bimage, where was that all season? Yeah, I know. Where did that? I mean, that that play where he recovered it was kind of more of a, a fumble than yeah, a fumble, but, but good to get energy off the edge for sure. Oh yeah, no, he played really well. That was incredible. I don't know where that been all season. Tavondre played great and two. I mean, there was it was just awesome knowing that so many families were sitting there like I was. And my mom was like, "What is his name?" Like it's Tavondre. Like, how do you pronounce it? It's like Tavondre Sweat. Like, no, what's his real name? Like, no, his real name's Tavondre Sweat. Um, he got rewarded with a fumble recovery. I, this, okay, I was thinking about this. Did we have one starter D line? I'm using starter loosely. Like, heavy, heavily used D lineman miss a game this season due to injury? No, not that I could name. I couldn't think of one either. That's really impressive. You got to give uh, a lot of credit to Yancey McKnight. I know there's some people out there that are freaking out about Yancey McKnight and how he's a lot, injuries were a huge part of the season, but D line played really well. Agreed. No, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on their uh, coach. God. Uh, Giles. Thank you. Giles. You can credit him as well. Yeah, no, you have to. I mean, that was a, they're probably the most, the steadiest position group. I, I'll give it to them the entire season just because the receivers with CJ being hurt and Eagles being hurt and Jake Smith being a head case, it's tough. But I think I'm going to give them the like most steady position group of the season. Yeah, no, I would agree. Which is weird to say because our defense coordinator just got fired. But even though our defense, I mean, yeah, yeah we can say they played a great. They still gave up 470 yards, so that was. Uh, yeah, that's true too. I mean, we did when we needed to. We we locked in and, and stopped them. But I mean, we. I was talking to a few people the other day, and it's like, yeah, we. Even though we won some games, there were some games where we gave up a lot of yards that we should not be giving up. And there's a reason why we were the 115th ranked defense this year. It's just, uh, I think, a lot of lack of execution and then just lack of uh, experience in the middle of the defense. I mean, the, the linebackers were lost, like I think, the whole whole season. But like you had some notes about Osai during the game. Yeah, Osai played really well. He his just talent is unbelievable, and he just is used in so many different ways that he couldn't really settle into one position, one role. It kind of sucked to watch. Whoever's the defense coordinator, and we'll get into that, is going to love having him because you can put him anywhere. And I just hope that 
we can put him in one spot and he can stay there all season because he does have the talent to be a really good player, be an All-American, be a whatever, and we just need to utilize it. Great off the edge, great up the middle, great wrapping up tackling, just a sound defensive player. Um, other linebackers, Adelia Deoe played okay, good against the run, bad against the pass, pretty typical game. He's so lost in coverage, it's awful to watch. Okay, one thing I don't think a lot of people – realized and it hasn't been talked about a lot which is kind of scary is Juwan Mitchell did not play a snap and ran to the locker room before the eyes of Texas so he gone yeah might might be curtains for that one which kind of sucks we have no linebackers no we don't I don't I mean BJ Foster DeMarvion is gonna have to turn into a linebacker which sucks I yeah I don't know I mean top three tacklers of this game were DBs so is that good or bad? I have no idea. Probably yeah, we've got to get we've got to get some experience. Bad, right? What? I said it's probably bad that our top three tacklers. Oh, that's the, yeah. Might be one of the reasons why our defensive backs are getting hurt constantly. Yeah, I think that is true too because the there was an article I believe in Inside Texas just talking about how yeah like the injuries of our DBs have all led to like, they're all like shoulder or collarbone or something like that, like upper body injuries because of poor tackling or because of the max or the, the extra tackling that's on them combined. Well, with yeah, they're, not, they're, yeah, they're just exposed a lot. Poor tackling technique. Yeah, no, you could, that's a very good argument in terms of DBs and tackling DeMarvion had a really good game. Um, probably could have made a couple better plays against uh, with his angles. But still solid. We needed we needed this like month off. Our our defense, our just like our team just seems so banged up. Mm-hmm. Chris Brown had a really good game tackling too. Sam, B Jones, I don't know. I, I I still think like B Jones is always caught. He's always the first guy you see when an open receiver there, and yeah. I can't decide. Or I can't tell if it's because he sucks or not sucks, but like you know he messed or up or he's sweeping up for someone else i really have no idea i kind of think it's a the latter where he's you know making up for others mistakes and he just happens to be there looking like he got burned i i agree I don't, it's frustrating to watch and unless you want to go you know nfl all 22 review the film it's pretty tough to decide um uh, corners Deshaun. Anthony Cook, they kind of got bitched around. That one tech receiver had 100 yards at halftime. That was so ugly. Duffy just kept on throwing over to him on the sideline, breaking yeah. tackle, gone to you. Way too much cushion. I think this is a coaching problem, but still. The one thing, I thought Kenyatta, Kenyatta Watson played pretty well. He played more snaps just than that uh, uh, fourth down conversion in the end zone. Um, he's going to be a big asset for the next couple of years. If they burn his red shirt in the bowl game, that might I don't know if you should do that. That'd be huge if we could redshirt him this season, considering how much playing time you got towards the end. So I don't know defense. Like, did you see anything overall that really stood out to you? I mean, just the, I would say the response. I mean, once they woke up, they played um, much more with a higher energy level, uh, almost like had a little more swagger finally. Uh, but the fact that they, I mean, again, they got pinned up a lot of times and made some big plays, but they still gave up 470 yards. <laughs> um, I didn't expect. Todd Orlando to get fired that like that and yeah. it just kind of happened and then you kind of look at it though I mean like if you go game by game you're like well he doesn't deserve it there you know this person was hurt this person was there but then you're like well you know what 
the second string Longhorn players should still be good enough to win some games, and this coach was not putting them in that position. So it makes sense why he's fired. I, I agree with what you first said, as I didn't expect him to get fired. I, I really didn't, um, especially how well they played. Not Sorry, I take that back. How well the DBs played when they were fully healthy. I didn't expect him to get fired. Obviously, you can if it comes down to one play, everyone's still thinking about the third and seventeen against LSU. Yeah, I mean that pretty much defined the season, and it that one play pretty much you know obviously defined the game. And if you want to narrow down the whole season, it comes down to that. So, you know, when you're on the line, you've got one thing to prove or stop or whatever, and that's what you call. It's frustrating. So yeah, I don't know. It, I think another part of it was him and Tom or seem to be pretty good buddies and if you you can't just demote the guy to linebackers coach or something where he can probably go be a dc at a small school and kind of restart that just seems a little unfair if you're kind of buddies with the guy i don't know interesting little dynamic there and that he was actually fired he probably told him like yeah go ahead and fire me I'll, i'll not go ahead and fire me but i'd rather be fired than become your you know second string defensive coach um yeah Maringer also fired interesting little kind of tidbit named the I think by rivals the recruiter of the year last year but supposedly everyone absolutely hated him yeah what's the deal on that I don't know I've heard it some of it's blown out of proportion but I've heard a lot more saying that there was going to be like a mini revolt if he wasn't fired (laughs) within the coaching staff and the players supposedly a lot of it was you know oh you're first string you're going to be playing a lot and then they wouldn't actually play in recruiting and all that stuff. I'm kind of looking towards Jake Smith hinting at that. Maybe not me. That might be conjecture, but still all that. I don't know. It was just kind of funny to see, but he's gone. Um, Corby Meekins was reassigned to an administrative role, whatever the hell that means. Tim Beck demoted to quarterback coach. Okay. A lot of people are going to be pissed off about this, but Tim Beck's still a really good recruiter. He's recruiting Bijan. He's on the road with Tom right now. You can't get rid of him. That's just how it goes. He yeah. probably couldn't get hired anywhere else either. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think the only reason he didn't get completely fired is just because the connections he had with a lot of the 2020 recruits. I mean, it just that is a death sentence to the recruiting class. Yeah, no, I agree, especially with how strong it's got um, offensively with Bijan, Jaquinta Jackson, uh, Troy Amari. Myri, I can't pronounce his last name, sorry. But, yeah, no, I agree. That's just with, what, two weeks before National Signing Day, or less than two weeks, you can't do that. So, in terms of looking to our next offensive coordinator, it sounds like Graham Harrell is the odds-on favorite. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing as well. It seems like everyone's talking about that down here. Supposedly that we've offered him. He's getting paid around a little less than $2 million at USC. Supposedly we've offered him a little more than $2 million to come to Texas. Clay Helton's staying at USC, which is you know an interesting tidbit on its own. But I don't know. I think that we will get him. I think he wants to come back to Texas. He's a Texas – obviously he was kind of a legend at Tech, but people forget how good he was in high school too. And I'm pretty sure his dad was the coach – whatever high school he went to. Don't quote me on that. Or, I mean, don't quote me which high school that was. Because he's the – I'm pretty sure he's the leading Texas high school football passer, too. Yeah, he went to that – oh, God, what's that quarterback damn school? Oh, he's from Brownwood. That's right. No, but he played it. He didn't play at Brownwood. Oh, wait. Yeah, he went to – 
is yeah, his dad was the coach at Ennis. Ennis. Um, he's got the single season excuse me. Single season passing yards, forty eight hundred over thirteen games in two thousand three. Um, it was broken by Garrett Gilbert. And then career passing yards also broken by Garrett Gilbert. Still has the career and single season touchdown passes. Um, and seeing, and then he had the single season pass completions in high school, uh, broke also broken by Garrett Gilbert. You didn't think you'd be getting Graham Harrell high school stats today, did you? But here we are. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so took a turn on this episode. He was at UNT, um, and then left and was was with USC this past year. Did a pretty good job with them. What has he done over there, though? I mean, what what is why is he so valuable? Is no, my question. I mean, he's part of the air raid. He was with Leach before North before he went to North Texas as a receivers coach. Um, and then Oklahoma state before that as a quality control, you know, grad, whatever assistant guy. But I mean, he did some really good things at North Texas in his three years that he was there. And obviously at USC he's done better than average. Cause JT Daniels was supposed to be the absolute stud got hurt. Then the backup Keaton Slovis, I believe, came in and played really well. And then when he got hurt, the other backup came in and played just as well, if not better. So he's just kind of a quarterback whisperer. People are going to say it's air raid. We throw the ball. He throws the ball too much. He doesn't run the ball. Yes, that's true to an extent. I don't think that we're about to go completely five wide tech and O way run go route. Every five guys are running go routes 10 plays in a row. I don't think we're doing that if we hire him. Definitely a little bit more drop back. Not drop back, but a little more passing than running the game. That's just how the Big 12 is. It's how college football is going. Look at LSU. Look at what Bama's done over the past season. We have the athletes to do it. If anyone thinks that Sam can't be that good of a quarterback, you're absolutely crazy. He's per- he's not perfect for it, but he's des- he can still run it. There have been I much worse that. I understand people's concerns about Sam's deep ball, though. No. But- it's not even the deep ball. That's the that's. It, I don't I don't agree with that. Get it out. I don't agree with that. I think he's good enough. And the air raid offense is not designed on just chunking it deep. Everything. No, like, it's not. Go spread them out and just like just like the, the find space. Play. Use your receivers. Whatever. Spread out the defense. Play to the, against their tendencies of you know we've got to stop the run first. And whereas in the Big Twelve, you could probably argue the opposite way where you need to stop the pass first. I. I think it'd be a good move. I'm all for it. I think it happens. After that, if we don't get Graham Harrell, it gets really slim. I have no idea who we'd go after. I haven't heard many names. And Herman and Harrell met as of – they met Wednesday night in Houston because they were both recruiting, which is kind of funny. Um, I wonder where they met. What? I wonder where they met. That's a good question. Probably strip club, known Herman. Um <laughs> Defense coordinator is a little bit different. Chris Ash is the name that's been floated around a lot. He was the Rutgers head coach for the past three, not this year, but the year before and two years prior to that. Um, got fired because he was absolutely terrible. He was the defense coordinator at Ohio State in 2014, I believe. That's where Herman and him kind of know each other from. He was supposedly helped out against the OU game as a little bit of, uh, you know, kind of quality, you know, analyst type just to see – his opinions on everything and we all know how that went i i would prefer not to hire him yeah um sounds like he's kind of the floor he's kind of the fallback if everything goes to hell 
we haven't really heard any big names that they're going after, but they keep on saying they're they're shooting for him. The one name that I have heard that is kind of a little bit better than Chris Ash is Kevin Steele. He is currently defense coordinator for Auburn and has been for a few years. Before that, he was a defense coordinator at LSU for a year. Before that, he was at Bama as a linebacker's coach. But if you're a little bit old-timer listening to this, you probably remember him as the Baylor coach from 1999 to, like, 2002, where he was absolutely awful. Um, I don't think they ever – I think they were last in the South in the Big 12 um, every year that he was there. So – He's played. He's coached some really good defenses in the past few years, and kind of rebranded himself. And he's got a pretty solid defense against Al or against uh, for Auburn this past year. I, I don't know. It's kind of been all over the place. It's kind of a risk too, but that's just kind of where they at. They tried to get after the go to the guy at Utah, and supposedly he said thanks, but no thanks. Like right off the spot. <laughs> so when uh, will we? When do you think both these guys would be hired? I wouldn't be surprised if. It, this weekend, honestly, actually, I take that back. I wouldn't be surprised if the off if Harold if it's Harold. I wouldn't be surprised if it's announced this weekend or kind of leaks out. You know, leaks out this weekend, announced and a week after that or so. Defense coordinator is a little bit different just because nothing is as, as concrete and there's obviously not any report saying that Herman's directly met with someone. Um, so yeah, I I would put offense coordinator in the next. Five to ten days, I would put defense quarter in the next ten to twenty days. Wow. Yeah. A little quick. Um, John, who are we playing in the bowl game? I said it like three weeks ago that we were gonna be playing Notre Dame in the Camping World Bowl, and a certain somebody on this podcast, not me, shut me down. I don't remember saying that. Well, if anyone happens to listen to every episode and can remember when I said that, well, please send me one more. There's one person. Yep. He Thanks, will. Mom. He, <laughs> he will definitely tell us who is right or wrong, and I can probably guess who is right. And it's not me. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty pumped about not playing in the Houston Bowl. I want to get our team. I don't want to play in the Houston Bowl. You love Orlando. I know you do. Yeah, it's one of my favorite places. Disney World. The Dead Lizard Brewery, of course. Of course. Okay. On 36th Street. Games of the week. It's conference Who, who, who moved over 36th Street in Orlando? Oregon versus Utah Friday night, seven PM on ABC. Oregon is minus. Wait, is Oregon minus seven? No, they Utah. still play. They still play at Levi Stadium or whatever it is. Yeah, they always play at Forty Nine ers Stadium. Utah is minus seven, seven and a half. I think some places. Oregon O line versus the Utah D line is the kind of the matchup that you need to watch. It's gonna be yeah. very entertaining, especially for a Friday night. That's kind of underrated. I don't know. You got to savor it at this point. It's the football sandwich. All that you can't eat it too quick, or else it's gone. Um, Herbert's really good, but the quarterback for Utah, Tyler Huntley, is just as solid. He's kind of more of like a Russell Wilson type. He doesn't throw a lot, but when he does, he's very accurate, can kind of move around a little bit. I, I like Utah to cover just because I think that they get in over uh, whoever wins Baylor versus OU. What are your thoughts, John? Um, see, I us move to six and a half. Wow. Really? Yeah. I've I've kind of gone back and forth on the whole Utah versus Baylor and OU. Who would you okay? Who do you think has a more likely chance to get in, Baylor or Utah? Utah, really? Baylor's non-conference is so bad, and they the committee has made such a big emphasis on that in the past couple of years. So it's pretty much a given. OU, if they win, they're in, right? Mm, not not necessarily. 
I think it's going to be close, but it, it, it would have to be OU wins by a considerable margin. Yeah, it basically yeah. be OU covers and Utah doesn't. Yeah, I mean this this game. If either of these games like get totally out of control, it's because these teams are just trying to prove themselves. Um, because I mean that was the thing about this past week's rankings is uh-huh. it was almost more important than next week's because the teams knew what to do. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think Utah gets in over. I, if Utah wins, I think how Utah much of Utah getting in this year do you think is them just finally be like, "Fuck, we gotta let up Utah." A decent play. amount. We a gotta let a Pac-12 team in, like from a political standpoint. Yeah, no, I think it's a decent amount. You've put OU in for the last couple of years. I would love. And it you've if seen OU how that goes. Out. I mean, obviously, we don't like OU, but like, look, how's that yeah. worked out? It, it's not good. It. Would you rather see OU win a fifth straight championship and go to the playoff, or would you see Baylor win and not go to the playoff? Because then you're going to hear from every Baylor person, like, oh, we got left out. I, I'd probably take OU just because I don't think they'd win. And I don't think Baylor would either, but I don't want to hear it from Baylor fans. Yeah. You know? I mean, let's be honest. OU's going to beat Baylor. Yeah, um, okay. We're getting to that. They're going to yeah. them. Yeah, 11 a.m. ABC, OU's my Utah's going to win. OU's going to win. OU's going to win their fifth straight championship. Gosh, makes me want to throw up. Do they cover? Yes, they do. I think so, too. I think they're going to – because if they – it's this is weird gambler mind, so just stick with me for a second. If OU wins, they have to blow them out. So why would you not take OU minus nine if you think they're gonna win? Yeah, I don't think Baylor's capable of of honestly keeping up with OU for a full game. I mean, it, I don't think so either. Not Brewer, trying to use that. And Brewers dinged up now. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. So it just makes me sick though, that OU's gonna win five straight championships. Yeah, I mean. They've been the best. LSU, Georgia, 3 o'clock in Atlanta. I think this is a boat race, and LSU runs them to the ground. I think So I think Georgia stays with them at the half, and then LSU just runs away, away with it. They come out, and LSU's offense continues to roll, and Georgia's offense does not. And it just is a like a 17-point game at the end. Dude, Fromm is not that good. Jake from Statemark? Jay, he's really – I mean, he's not. He's completing 62%. I don't think Georgia's really that good, to be honest, in general. And what's-his-name got hurt. The One receiver's out for the first half because he punched the Georgia Tech guy. Their other receivers um, hit his – or whatever, messed up his ankle. And DeAndre Swift's out. Or not out. He's banged up. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think LSU, even if all those guys were in, would still beat them. So. I do too, but I think that's just more of the reason. The line's seven. Ooh. So – I kind of go to the whole thing that LSU knows they need to blow Georgia out to get the one seed. So, um, I think, think that LSU, plays that much into it. Oh yeah. Technically Ohio state, like even though LSU's schedule has been better, like Ohio state has actually like statistically been a better team. Oh yeah. Way better. So they need to prove themselves. Ohio state's going to win. No advance, like not advanced, but like if, if the game, if LSU versus Ohio state was tomorrow neutral field, Ohio State would be like almost a touchdown favorite. I kind of think Ohio State's a better team after watching them versus Michigan, to be honest. Then LSU? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. I so, agree. I think LSU wins big because they know they need to prove themselves. I mean, it's, it's we're repeating ourselves here. Literally, like every game we've said the same thing. No, that's not true. Okay. Um, Ohio State, LSU Wisconsin. Wins big. LSU wins big. Ohio State, Wisconsin. Um, 7 Ohio p.m. on big. Fox. Ohio State minus 16. Do they cover I'm, 16? Ooh. Yes. 
Jonathan Taylor, see, they're going to have to run Jonathan Taylor a ton. They know they can't draw back and let Chase Young just destroy him. I I actually think Ohio State, or I mean, sorry, Wisconsin might stay within it just because it, it'd probably be a fairly low-scoring game with Fields kind of being banged up or he kind of got hurt last game. They're going to get a little scared. They don't want to get him, you know, they need to save him for the playoff. Dude, after watching, so when Michigan went up 7-0, I was like, oh, okay, here we go. And then Ohio State was like, y'all ready to play? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I didn't uh, get to watch the first half, or I didn't get to watch like the basically most of the first half of that game. But yeah, I agree. It was pretty entertaining. I, I, I hate to admit it, but Ohio State was actually really entertaining to watch. But yeah, um, like they actually had a competent football team. That's pretty fun. And um, the – wait, what? go ahead. So, yeah, I think they win big. I think, I think LSU, Ohio State, OU – so you're taking Cover. chalk. What? You're taking you're taking the favorites across the board. Yes. I think I'm taking the favorites except for Wisconsin. Ohio State. Yeah. Just because, dude, 16 points is a lot in a conference game. We'll see. Well, and then we didn't even talk about the absolute biggest game in Memphis, Tennessee, the AAC American. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the next, the, the most fun game, Cincinnati. Memphis. Memphis is Go laying nine and a half. I don't – okay, special teams rankings. We have no affiliation with the Memphis football team or the special teams department specifically. But the Memphis special teams is really, really good. They have absolute – some of the best kickoff returns and punt returns of the nation. Don't they have the most, like, return touchdowns? I believe so. They have just been absolutely killing it. So, I, I think that – Memphis wins and covers this ten and a half. I, I think that Texas should be looking at Memphis for you know whoever runs their special teams department. Maybe grab a kind of an unknown analyst or you know some type of quality control guy um, to bring over would be just an absolute huge part. And Herman kind of laying it all on the line, you know, hiring all these new assistant coaches to really help them out. That'd be a great idea. I agree. Well, that, kind is that of game. Up. Where is that Memphis Cincinnati game? In Memphis. Is it a repeat of what they did last week? Yes. That's funny. But I well, think but you got to mention the, the last game of the weekend. But the but the Cincinnati quarterback didn't play last week and he's playing this week. You gotta mention the last game of this weekend. What's that? Or am I missing it by a week? What are you missing? Oh, Army Navy? Yes. Oh shoot, I need to talk about that. Hold on, what's the line? Oh no, I'm sorry. It's yeah, wait. Yeah, I was about to say game. it's yeah. in two weeks, right? It's always after the Heisman deal. I think I'm a go army beat navy guy. I just like watching the game. I just really kind of really. I just like watching them march in, watch the first quarter, and go. Eh. Yeah, it's really not that entertaining. It, just... The the crowd shots of the cadets going nuts is the best part. Yeah, yeah. Because that actually is really cool. I love. Or like, what is it, army? Who was it that broke the streak recently? That was like pretty sick. Army, army did. Because yeah. navy used to, they won like 15 years in a row. They you know sing second and all that stuff. Interesting. All right. That wraps it up. Regular season. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We got one more after the bowl game. Hopefully, we'll know off the corner. This is John. Christmas plans. I'm going to Green Canyon for New Year's. Oh. Fancy gear to that work. Yes. And I have Global Entry. Thank you. How are you? All right. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. Merry Big Christmas. Yeah, and the storm is
Miller Coolers, okay. From Dallas, yeah. Okay, here we go. Fuck, what have I been drinking lately? Hey now! Brown <laughs> cow! Hey! Uh, what does a gay horse eat? Fuck off. Hey! <laughs> okay, here we go. Episode 13. Here we go. Let's do it. Welcome back to the Dragons. One. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me turn my, my clicker off here.